Welcome to the Burning Hearts Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us this week. As I start this message, I actually want to play a little game. Okay, so if you'd, if you'd roll with me on this, I want to play a little bit of a game. I am going to say a word, and I want you to take note of what comes to your mind, the very first thing that comes to your mind when you hear that word. And once you've done that, I want you just to quickly tell someone next to you, okay, what came to your mind. Are you ready for this? Word number one. You're in my classroom right now. Word number one, happy. Tell somebody next to you what came to your mind. I heard somebody say sad. That's so funny. (laughs) Working in opposites this morning. All right, number two, number two. Word number two, tell somebody next to you. Word number two is blue. Lumberjack, I like that. All right, word number three. Word number three, vacation. All right, and one more word. Word number four, love. All right, by show, of, by show of hands, how many of you pictured a family member or thought of a family member or close friend when I said the word love? Just, just raise your hand if that was you. Oh, that's precious. How many of you um, pictured something emotional, something romantic, like maybe a movie scene or something like that? Show of hands. No, no shame here. <laughs> Nobody here watches movies, okay? <laughs> you guys are on the right track. Um, how many of you pictured a kiss? I'm just curious. Anybody? Nobody pictured a kiss. Married people, you should be picturing a kiss when I say love. That's holy. How many of you pictured something non-emotional that actually contained an act of sacrifice? An act of sacrificial love. I've been thinking more and more about love and... Love is obviously so central to the Christian faith and so central to the life of Christ. And Christ is obviously the ultimate picture of love. So God's been challenging me that if my definition of love doesn't contain the word sacrifice, then my love has room to grow in becoming more Christ-like. Does that make sense? If my go-to definition of love and understanding of it doesn't include sacrifice in some capacity, then my love has so much more room to grow in terms of becoming more Christ-like. And some people could say, well, yes, the Bible says something like obedience is better than sacrifice, so obeying God is better than sacrificing, but the word obey in that passage literally means to hear or to listen. So to hear or to listen to God is better than sacrifice. But if you and I are gonna listen to God, listen to what he's spoken through his word, and listen to what his Holy Spirit is saying, even greater sacrificial love may be required of us than what we could come up with on our own. So if our definition of love doesn't include the word sacrifice, then our love has room to grow in becoming more Christ-like. Mike actually alluded to a scripture that is in my notes here, John chapter 14, verse 15. 
Jesus says these words, if you love me, you will keep and obey my commandments. If this is true and we really want to love Jesus, then we must know what he has commanded and we must know what he requires of his disciples. We've got to become even more familiar with his teachings. Amen? I want to look at a really common passage on love just for a moment. Um, can anyone guess where I might be going right now? 1 Corinthians chapter 13. JV Cures. I guess they're all in the back room, but they could probably come up and quote this scripture. But 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you'll oblige me, and this should be on the screen as well, think about what this is telling us. Chapter 13, verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. I want to pause real quick. If I do my best work at my job, even in a ministry job, but don't have love, it's worth nothing. If I show up when someone's in need because it's out of obligation and I serve them just out of obligation, but I don't have love in my heart, it's really not worth very much. Love is everything in the kingdom of God. Verse two, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but have not love, I gain nothing. Now we get this beautiful picture of what love is. Love is patient and love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Holy Spirit, help me. That simple prayer that Mike alluded to, that Dennis, I've heard him praying over the last couple of months. Holy Spirit, help me. And God's word actually reveals to us the Holy Spirit is helping us. Those of us who believe, who desire to be more like Christ and to follow him, the Holy Spirit is helping you. Right now, the Holy Spirit is helping you. Transform us more and more into the same picture of love. I'd like to look at two verses from the book of Acts, starting in Acts chapter 2. Micah, if you could throw this up on the screen. Acts chapter 2. This is the early church. The church had just been in the upper room, had this dramatic experience with the Holy Spirit. It looks like tongues of fire. And I don't think that's like, what's the band, that old rock band that always has their tongues out? So I don't think it's that kind of tongues of fire. I think it's more like a flame of fire is <laughs> above people's heads. And then um, one of the apostles preaches, and then this is what happens following this epic prayer meeting. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Here's what I want us to get. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Wow. Stay on that, that verse for a minute. 
if I look to that back corner, I can see our mission statement as a church, pursue God's presence, serve one another, and love the lost. And it's cool. Every Sunday we gather in pursuit of the presence of God to encounter the Holy Spirit, to meet with him. And we just finished a series a few weeks ago about evangelism, about loving the lost. And we've been in this beautiful series of what it looks like for the church to get outside of the building. What does it look like for us to actually live as the church outside of this church building? And I want to hone in on that a little bit, serving one another. That's a core part of who we are. And I just want to voice that. And Acts 2 shows us that. Micah, if you could go to Acts 4. This is two chapters later in the book of Acts. We see a similar thing. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. Can you imagine? This wasn't like in a service at one point, everyone chose to give a little bit. This was everyone who got saved choosing day in and day out. I'm going to give anything I have that someone else needs to that person within the body of Christ. This is powerful. I think this might be why we don't see revival, or at least a core reason. I think we tap into these two passages a little bit in the book of Acts 2 and Acts 3, but I, for one, haven't developed this as my lifestyle yet. And I believe God would be challenging us even more to consider these words. What does this really look like within the body of Christ, within even our church context, to so love one another even if it means sacrifice. And can I say this? You know you're sacrificing when it hurts. If it doesn't hurt, I think that's a convenience gift. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but I just believe God would be challenging us even more. Lord, how can I sacrificially love those closest to me, my spouse, my family, my friends? And how can I sacrificially love the body of Christ, those around me, those that I see in this room on a weekly basis? And then how can I sacrificially love and serve everyone even outside of the church? I believe this is God's challenge for us today. I want to ask you, what's stopping you from loving sacrificially? The Bible says that streams of living water would flow from those of us who believe and follow Christ. So what is stopping your stream? Some of us have a weak stream problem. You need some Holy Ghost Flomax or something. Am I right, Ted? (laughs) (laughs) I I had thought of that one. That's in my notes, and I I was waiting for this one for Ted. (laughs) He's a urologist. That's why I I was, I think Ted would like that. We need some Holy Ghost flow max to let those living waters begin to flow. You know what I'm talking about? Oh my gosh. I want to talk real quick about eliminating hindrances to sacrificial love. Okay? And I'm going to give you three hindrances that I think are so common for us as human beings that we face that the Lord wants to help us overcome. So three hindrances to sacrificial love. And number one, this might sound interesting. Number one, I believe, is information overload. Information overload. We obviously live in a challenging and very unique time. I even think about like um, 50 years ago when communication was so much more limited. Um, 
a lot of communication was in print, correct? Um, phones existed, right? Right, 50 years ago? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of being funny. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't have access to everything that we have access to today on smartphones, through TVs, and technology. And I heard a really powerful statement from a pastor named Jimmy Siebert. He's a pastor of Antioch Church. And this is what I heard him say this week. When you do nothing, you harden your heart. So if you just watch information, it becomes a distant thing that eventually hardens you from human suffering. But if you do something about it, it activates who you are. Oh, Jimmy Siebert. This is powerful. The more we receive information, but do nothing about it, the harder our heart comes towards humanity, towards human suffering and the injustices in the world. But if we can see it and do something about it, our heart will soften and become more like Christ's. This, I think, is on levels. Obviously, globally, we're oversaturated with information and stories from around the world, and usually bad news from around the world. And if you're going to choose to ingest a lot of media and things like that, I would challenge you and encourage you, only ingest as much as you can pray about. Because beyond that, it just is not helpful. It's not helpful to you. It's not helpful to your family. So as far as your consumption, I would encourage you, ingest what you can take on and pray about. And maybe in situations globally, you can go beyond. I shouldn't say beyond. You can partner with prayer and maybe you can give. And in certain situations, you may be able to go. But only take on so much information to the same point that you're capable of praying about. Information overload, the first hindrance to sacrificial love. Hindrance number two that I think is so common in our world, in our nation, and it's so easy to move this way. Hindrance number two to sacrificial love, I'm calling the grind, the daily grind. If you can hear me softly, some of us in this room are probably working ourselves to death. And that can be really hard to acknowledge. But if we take an honest assessment of our lives, where we spend our time, and if work has overrun your time, your mind, your energy, and even overrun close relationships, God may be wanting to lead you out of the grind and into his way of life. God may be wanting to remove from your life unnecessary burdens that come from the world, even sometimes that come from our own doing and own choices. Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13, is a really well-known passage of scripture. It's the Lord's Prayer Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation. Understand this, guys, but deliver us from evil. This is translated so uniquely. 
In the original Greek language that this was written, but deliver us from evil, that word evil is the Greek word poneros. And if you go to, to a blue letter Bible website and click that pronunciation, he'll say it way cooler than me. He'll go, poneros, poneros. But this word evil, poneros, is a little bit different in context than I came to understand it growing up. Deliver us from evil literally means deliver us from unnecessary labors, annoyances, and hardships. Deliver us from unnecessary labors, annoyances, and hardships. It has to do with feeling pressed and harassed by labors, by the things I got to do, the things I got to get done, uh, the checklist that I, that I have to take care of. And obviously, God understands we live in a physical world with physical needs, with physical tasks that need to happen. But I would just challenge you to submit your schedule, submit your work to the Lord again, allow him maybe just to rewire some things and rework some things, that if there are any unnecessary labors that you've taken on in your life that God's wanting to lift off, allow him to do that, even if it requires change. I want to encourage some of you too. I think we can think that we are our provider. Like I am my provider. And I want to challenge you and say, God is your provider. Philippians 4.19, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. This is a really hard message. This is a hard message for me because I, I like nice things. I like dreaming about what, what I might have, what we might create as a family and the things that we might have and the things that we might do that all cost money. And this requires a shift in mindset to say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want other translations say, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall want for nothing. Can you imagine oh, actually being content with God and with where you are, with what he's given you? He has that for us. He has that for us. Jesus gives us some amazing words in Matthew chapter 11 starting at verse 28, and this will be up on the screen. He gives this message to you and me. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Receive those words right now. <sighs> Receive that, Jesus. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I feel so much peace in that scripture, you guys. Would you ask the Lord right now, Lord, renew my mind to think more like this. Rewire areas of my thinking. Rewire areas of my heart, Father, that haven't been working with you. 
Lord, lift off any unnecessary labors. Lord, show me any places where I've, I've done it to myself and put things on myself, burdens that you've not intended me to carry. And lift those from me, Lord. And the third hindrance I want to give you, the third hindrance to a life that's full of loving sacrificially is simply selfishness, self-centeredness, wanting what I want and making sure I get it. To deny that you and I were born into the world with a natural disposition towards self-centeredness is kind of crazy. From the time we're born, we're thinking about our needs, our wants, our desires, our comforts, what makes us happy, and what puts us to sleep. This is human nature. But I know that God wants us to be people who lift our eyes even more from ourselves and place them on him and place them on others, thinking of how we can sacrificially love and serve other people. Luke 9.23, Jesus gives a challenge, and he was saying to them all, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. We've got to deny ourselves in order to follow him. That's step one. We've got to deny ourselves in order to love other people. And we have to deny ourselves in order to sacrificially love for other people. The cross is the ultimate symbol of sacrificial love. And that verse calls us to take up our cross, to take up our sacrificial love and live it out in our day-to-day ordinary lives. If we would choose this and make this our focus, and I'm gonna challenge you in a moment to make this your focus this week, to sacrificially love someone, I believe we will experience more of what we pray for, revival. I believe we'll experience a greater move of the Holy Spirit in our lives as we learn even more to sacrificially love. And I wanna encourage you, some in this room live this lifestyle so beautifully, and I encourage you, continue in the way that you're living, continue in the way that you're loving. Would you just close your eyes? We're gonna close. Father, we thank you. John 13, verse one. This is just before Jesus is to be crucified. It says, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and to return to his father. Jesus had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. He loved them sacrificially while he was here on earth. And finally, he would love them to the very end with the ultimate act of sacrificial love, taking on the cross. I just wanna open this opportunity for anyone in this room who you'd say, I know the story of Jesus, but I'm not following him. And today I, I want to follow him and make him my savior and make him the Lord of my life again. Or maybe you're here and you're not very familiar with that story, but you would say, this Jesus seems like he has something for me. He loves you. He paid a great price for you so that you could know God, experience peace 
and have eternal life starting now. And if you're in this place and you wanna say, I wanna just recommit my life to him, to following him, or for the first time, I wanna give my life to Christ and make him my Lord and Savior, would you just lift a hand real quick? I wanna pray for you, eyes closed. Awesome. I just wanna pray for those with hands lifted. I bless you. Thank you, Father. You can put your hands down, but I'm just praying. And in your heart, just begin to ask Jesus to fill your life again, to begin to surrender places of your life that you've been holding back, begin to give over things in your life that you know he's calling you to let, let go of. But Father, I bless each person, Lord, who lifted a hand. I thank you that you see them, God. And Lord, you said when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. So right now, Jesus, I ask that you would draw near to them by the power of your Holy Spirit and bring a deeper transformation, Lord, in their hearts and lives right now. And I just speak over some in this place right now. You are not your past. You are not your past. And I speak over you that your past does not define you anymore. And that Jesus' blood covers your past and washes over you. Jesus, would you help them see that you have forgotten the things of the past, Lord? You've taken our sins as far as the east is from from the West, Lord. I bless them, Lord. Encourage them, fill them today and help us to walk that out, Lord. In Jesus' name. Hey, and if you're in this place and this message resonates with you, wanting to be a person of sacrificial love, maybe you see places in your life that God's calling you to do that even more, just with eyes closed, just lift a hand real quick, just for a second. I just wanna pray over you. Awesome. Awesome, Father, I just bless everyone, Lord God, who desires to more deeply live a lifestyle of sacrificial love like you have. And God, I pray for a grace from your Holy Spirit just to be upon us, Lord, that you would help us walk out sacrificial love in our daily lives. Help us to fix our eyes on you, Jesus. You are our model. You are our Savior. You are our Lord. Help us to follow you, to love you, and to obey you, God. Jesus' name, Jesus' name. If you'd open your eyes, we're actually gonna hand something out really quickly before you go. If ushers and staff could just help me with this. We're gonna hand out in these cards and on the top of the card, it says one way every day, one way every day. And here's my challenge to everybody in this place. You can do this on your phone, but we wanna get you a card, something that maybe you could put in your car, something you could put by your bedside, but somewhere you're gonna see it every day. And here's my challenge for you, that you would find one way every day to sacrificially love someone beyond your normal. Find one way every day to sacrificially love someone beyond your normal. Where my married people? I wanna challenge you. Even if you feel like you're a rock star in this area, I want to challenge you. Focus this on your spouse this week. One way every day. Make it practical. Make it real. Don't beat yourself up if you feel like, oh, I don't know if I, I did it on Tuesday. If you're in school, maybe it looks like just sitting with somebody who nobody else will sit with. Siblings, maybe it means giving something up for your brother and sister. Kids, maybe it's doing some dishes around the house when mom didn't even ask you to. Amen, moms. 
Pastor Jaina gave us as a staff a really cool challenge when we were talking about this this week. She asked this question, what way can you serve that no one else except Jesus would know? Some of you are gonna find some cool ways to serve and to bless people that nobody else would know that you did except Jesus. And maybe you know of a family or someone in the church who has a physical need and you can step out sacrificially this week and meet a need and love somebody. Let's stand up. I'm going to pray. And then, as Pastor Jana says, get out of here. The church is leaving the building again. God, we love you. Help us to be people of sacrificial love this week, Lord. I pray that we take on this challenge. And God, I just thank you for the testimonies, Lord of relationships even transformed this week because of this. I thank you, Lord God, for testimonies of great needs being met, Lord, because of our sacrificial love this week, Lord. And I pray, Father, as we're loving, we're not doing it for ourselves, but I thank you, God, that as we sacrificially love, you're gonna do something in our hearts that's gonna adjust the way that we see life and that we see those around us. So would you do that in, in our hearts this week, God? We love you. We're grateful for who you are, for giving us that ultimate show a sacrificial love. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. We hope this message encouraged you today. For more information about Burning Hearts Church and our mission, please head to burninghartsfargo.com.